Alrighty, welcome back to episode two of the Norwood Noise College Basketball Podcast. Myself, Evan, alongside Graham as well, ready to get back into it. Um, and this is kind of the uh, <laughs> this is gonna be the night two, like night one recap. Obviously, most teams open their season on a Tuesday, November 9th, so we are recording this uh, Wednesday, November tenth, and we're gonna kind of recap everything that happened in the first night of college basketball. Um, both of us were at, obviously, the Xavier men's game. Good time to be there. could probably tell by my voice. I was at the game last night. Um, so definitely good time. Xavier snuck out a victory. Um, but we'll get to that later in the Musketeer Minute. First of all, we'll start at the top um, with the headliner, uh, the opening night headliner, uh, with Kentucky and Duke at the Champions Classic. Yeah, well, this was, I mean... And not as good as you're going to get because, you know, you don't have, like, that year where, like, Zion and RJ are playing and Cam Reddish even. But, I mean, this is a great game to start off. I mean, 9-10 seed. Um, and really the main takeaway is, I mean, you could talk about any of the players on any side or, you know, the status of the team and whatever. You have to talk about Banchero. And 22-piece in his first college game on the championship classic, playing a solid, really solid Kentucky team with athletes all over the court. I mean, he really proved that he's coming for that freshman player of the year and possibly even more. Yeah, Paolo Ventura was unbelievable. Um, I think he exceeded um, almost everybody's expectations last night. Um, Trevor Fields also of note. He was the Blue Devils leading scorer with 25 last night. So Yeah, another freshman who another stepped freshman up. as well, right. So yeah, big big numbers from the Blue Devils early. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the main takeaway there. Oscar Tshiboy on the other side for Kentucky was very good as well. Um, yeah, it was tight game all along. Uh, about five minutes ago, Duke really started to open up that lead and kind of pull away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, winning comfortably by eight. I don't think anyone was shocked. Um, yeah. But again, I you know I, I do think it was a good way to start the year and and a good way to start. Uh, of course, couldn't get away without talking about Mike Krzyzewski's send-off. Um, Coach K, obviously, coaching his final year this year. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously lots of uh, mm-hmm. honoring of him last night. So Yeah, plenty of it. Yeah, exactly. And um, before we are to move on, about another game, two players on Kentucky watched for. Ty Ty Washington Jr., I mean, he's been signing NIL deals all over the place, Porsche, and a few other big, big-name right. local companies. And in exhibition games, I mean, he was tearing it up. Um, you know, you never want to overreact. But, I mean, he had a rough game, you know, 3 for 14 from the field, only a few assists, nine points in total. It will be interesting to see how he bounces back. I mean, he's the guy that a lot of teams are going to circle just because, you know, this big-name status. So I'm rooting for him, you know, to bounce back in his next game. Next guy that I would – you know, I'm rooting for Kellen Grady, you know, coming from my Davidson Wildcats. <laughs> uh, he had a rough first game and, you know, against Duke. But um, it'll, it'll definitely be someone to look out for, you know, bringing in that four years of experience at a really respectable program. See what he can do. Absolutely. Um, can never put too much, um, you know, stock in those early season games, but definitely worth noting. Um, you know the the minutes that they that they put in, and, mm-hmm. and obviously a good early season win for Duke, um, kind of rolling into the beginning of the season for sure. So fall or actually 
before uh, the headliner Duke Kentucky, we did have another game uh, in the Garden that evening, uh, Champions Classic, uh, number three Kansas, uh, squaring off against unranked Michigan State. So wild set I heard on the broadcast last night. Uh, this is the eleventh year of the Champions Classic. This is only the second time that all four teams were not ranked, um, which is wild. Um, especially, it shows too not only obviously how good the teams are, but how good they are. Um, thought to be coming into the year, right? Because this is always their first game every year. Um, so every team has been, every all four teams have been ranked every year up until uh, this year, except for the first year um, and this year. So Michigan State being unranked this year, uh, but just outside the top 25, not grossly um, unranked or anything like that. Um, but Kansas really rolled. And I mean, they rolled. Uh, they, <laughs> the Hawks looked good. They were... Really in control the entire game. I will say the uh, the the divide really kind of happened when a uh, little bit of questionable call at the other end. And, and even being a Kansas fan, I, I will side with the Izzo on this one. Um, kind of two missed calls uh, in the same possession by the referees, or you know, arguably missed calls. I, they weren't blatant by any means, but they were probably you know probably fairly missed. And then um, as the play is going down the other end. Um, after the free throws and then the obviously upset Tom Izzo, um, or excuse me, the, the lack of free throws, it was, a, it was an inbound. Um, Kansas actually got a steal, ball goes on the other way, and as its ball's going the other way, uh, Tom Izzo gets teed up going the other way, which I don't personally agree with. I think if you're not going to tee him up after the initial reaction, um, I think everything after that you got to kind of let slide. Um, right. But <clears throat> point in case, um, you know, did get a technical – and that turned the game from a, a six-point game to a ten-point game, and that's when it really kind of fell out of reach for the Spartans with just mm-hmm. over four to go, um, right before that under four TV timeout. So really, that's when they started stretch it. But point being, um, I mean, Ochai Baji and Remy Martin really led the way for the Hawks, yeah. and they looked unbelievable. And to pay back on the fact that they put up eighty-seven points on a Tom Izzo-led team, right? Without Jalen Wilson, <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. obviously. When you implement Jalen Wilson in the lineup, that doesn't mean it's going to be 107 the next game. But, I mean, if they could put up 87 in their first game, I mean, it is something to look forward to how dynamic that offense can be. And on the other end, I don't know if it was, you know, Kansas defense or Michigan State struggles, but two starters only with 10 points, and you're looking – to a sophomore guard and AJ Hoggard to get you 17, and a few of those were a little bit garbage time points. But I mean, I would agree. I, Michigan's <clears> had <throat> 16 turnovers, so that's a a, a, a tough scene there uh, for the Spartans. Um, 16 turnovers is that's a lot. Um, yeah, you're almost doubling what Kansas has. Exactly, and uh, you're only shooting just over 50 percent from the line, um, so that's not going to help you, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean. Really, I would say more than anything, I mean, it, Remy Martin was great. He had 15 all in the second half for the Hawks. He was blanked at the end of the first half and came out with 15 in the second half. Um, so really unbelievable to see him put on a show, but the headliner all night was Ochai Abaji, and yeah. he looked ridiculous. And being someone who's watched every single Kansas basketball game for the last four years, um, he is a guy that... You know, he's a senior this year, and it's kind of we've been kind of waiting for the Ochai Abaji coming out party, really, for four, for three years now. Freshman year, he was coming in as this talent. He was home, you know, kind of hometown talent. He's from Kansas City. 
So coming in, it was like, all right, this dude's athletic. Uh, he can shoot the ball well. He's going to be a real asset. He never really was, and he really wasn't for three years. Um, had some flashes here and there where he would you know, throw down some ridiculous dunk or you know, make a move that you – it was almost like a flash of, holy cow, this guy's – you know, he's an athlete. It was almost like – it was almost like when MJ came back and started playing for the Wizards. And obviously he didn't have it, but then there would be times where he'd kind of flip back on, you know, into his old sure. ways. You'd see a flash here and there. That's what it was like for Abaji these last few years. You'd see a flash here and there, but you're like, dude, why doesn't this guy do that all the time? Last night, it really looked like he was, <clears throat> he was ready to get after it. So very exciting things for the Hawks. Um, I mean, and they, they went 12 deep and I wouldn't be surprised if this, if this team went ten deep all year. Really, I think they got a lot of a lot of great talent there. I think they I think Self would like to get it down to kind of an eight man rotation, um, but if need be, I think they can stretch everything from you know going five guards with Wilson at the five because I mean the guy is six ten, mm-hmm. um, all the way down to you know you can go three round two and put two bigs in the middle and run an offense that way. So I, I really do think that this team has a lot of potential and could be really really dangerous as the year goes on. Yeah, and to you know, see a top team like Kansas dominate in their first game, it makes another top team in the Ohio State Buckeyes barely sneaking past the Akron Zips <laughs> look that much worse. Yeah. Um, in a Akron second-half dominated game, they sneak away on a buzzer beater, 67-66. You know, EJ Liddell, he did a great job, you know, 25 points. 11 rebounds. I mean, he was EJ Liddell. He was definitely the strong point for that team last year uh, when Dwayne Washington wasn't playing like he should. Um, you know, this team was without Kyle Young, who is one of their better role players. He's, you know, that hard-nosed guy that every team wants, but you don't want to play him. Right. Um, but still, I mean, when you're supposed to be the best team in Ohio and you can barely beat Akron, it does start to scratch some heads in that locker room, but at the same time, you know, it's the first game. Yeah, but. definitely got some wrinkles to figure out. Um, it's definitely worth noting um, that they were <coughs> completely saved by a Zed Key buzzer beater. Um, and again, completely you know, saved. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but again, I, you know, it's early season scaries. I think you, you know, you're going to see quite a few of those, obviously. Um, another one we saw last night: Houston and Hofstra. Um, Hofstra's always kind of that sneaky mid-major team. Uh, so really when I saw that this game went to overtime, it didn't surprise me all that much. Um, but again, Houston kind of seen as a team that was going to come in and, and really dominate all the way up until the A-10, or excuse me, the uh, American. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had a little bit of a, yeah. a, a scary game last night. You know, Texas Tech transfer, um, Kyler Edwards didn't look phenomenal. He didn't look convincing. Um but obviously led by Marcus Sasser, you know, I mean, 25. It's also notable to add that Hofstra was winning that game for a long time. And then, you know, I think Houston was like, all right, you know, it, it's time, settle right. in. They completely dominated overtime. Um, I, I don't think this says a lot about Houston. I think it says more about Hofstra and yeah, how, you know, depending on how their other non-com games come up. You know, that that could be a team that you're like, oh, yeah, you know, that, that's another mid-major team that could be sneaky. I don't think it's at all time to panic for Houston. No, no, no. But, um, I mean, it is just another interesting game that we – I hope to see more of those non-conference games, you know, 
shape up to be more than a 20-point blowout. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with you there. Um, moving down the list, uh, another big upset on the evening, uh, or not even not even just a scare this time, but this was a full-blown upset. Um, Navy knocking off uh, number 25, Virginia. Obviously, this is not the Virginia team that we've known um, in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Bennett still doing a great job at the helm there at Virginia. Um, but, again, obviously not the same team we know. Um, but, yeah, Navy with a, a little bit of a shocker early. Um, again, like we were saying, not time to panic by any means, uh, but definitely something um, worth noting. Yeah. Uh, Virginia, the, you're just going to need something more than – not just to lose, but like they were beat. Yeah, like was, that was, was Navy's handling. game. Yeah. Virginia just has the talent on the floor that was able to compete with it. Yeah. That that I mean you don't want to count them out this early. It is one game, but at the same time, like that's more than a head scratch. Like you should not be losing your first game at home against an inferior team in Navy. Yeah, I mean Xavier led pretty much wire to wire in that game, so definitely interesting. Um, interesting to see. Uh, <coughs> And then, you know, a little side note, um, and what would be an uneventful game, St. Thomas, uh, Minnesota, Tommies versus the Chicago State Cougars. Chicago State has not won an NCAA uh, Weren't they basketball. ranked as the worst team in college basketball? Yeah, you know, even it goes, you know, all the bad teams, UC, the Ivy Leagues that didn't play any games, and then it was Chicago State. <laughs> So Chicago State has not won a game since 2019, and their first game came at, uh, at a five-point win against the St. Thomas Minnesota Tommies. Um, but I bring this up, you know, this is like a weird game to bring up because St. Thomas last year was a Division Three team, um, a respectable program at the Division Three level, and then they came in with an invite um, to the Summit League, and now they are a Division One team. Uh, and with one scholarship player. And I just think it is just an awesome story. Now, they're not going to make the tournament. They're not going to beat some big-name team, but it is cool that the first, well, now the second Minnesota D1 team, other than U of Minnesota, is here. And I just think it's it's cool because it's a very rare story that you hear a D3 team coming to D1 team. Yeah, not often do you see that D uh, D3 to D1 jump there. Um, so definitely cool to see. Alrighty, well that's that's about it for the big uh, storylines. First night of college basketball, obviously a lot of fun. Personally, I loved it. I loved coming back from the Xavier game and being able to just throw on the game, kind of in the background while I was doing some homework. Um, good to good to be back there. Yeah, uh, definitely that. good to be back. Um, but we'll touch on uh, now and here again what we'll coin as the Musketeer minute, or really more realistically the Musketeer minutes. Um, We'll touch on, you know, briefly a uh, an unconvincing um, Xavier win, a win nonetheless. Um, you know, Niagara led by head coach Greg Paulus. Uh, you know, most memorably known for his being teammates uh, with Kyler or Kyle Singler at Duke. Um, <laughs> so that was, you know, my big takeaway from the game. But I, I, I will say, it, it showed that he was a Duke grad. You know. Being that close to the game, you could tell he was hard-nosed. You could tell he was hard on his players, um, but for good reason. And really, you know, it showed that 
he had come from a good program and he really knew how to coach the game and he knew a lot about the game. So, you know, personally, I mean, my big takeaway is obviously Xavier sneaking sneaking out with the 63-60 win. But, I, I mean, I really do believe that I think Steele got outcoached in that game. I, I really do. Um, Greg Paulus was he was phenomenal, uh, made in-game adjustments as needed. Um, Xavier, Xavier was up 15 at one point. Um, <clears throat> and, and it seemed that it was going to be a pretty convincing, um, you know, Xavier victory. And really, uh, Niagara just never went away. Um, and getting it down to one possession at one point, you know, late in the game was, you know, a little, a little concerning, uh, from sure. the, uh, you know, from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, you win by three. Now Niagara did hit an unbelievable half court shot. <laughs> At the buzzer. So, really, it was a six-point game. It was a six-point game. But if you look at um, the game as a whole, you shoot below 30% from three. Right. 37% from the field. 60% from the free throw line. And you beat a solid, well-coached team by six points. Yeah, I agree. All without your leading scorer and Zach Fremantle. Yeah. It is not time to panic. No, it I'm is time to say we're one and zero. Hundred fifty six other Division one basketball teams can't say that after tonight. Right. It is time to pre- prepare for the next game, which is Kent State this Friday at home. Um, it's gonna be a tough one. Yeah, Kent State is not a team that you can. I will say this: if they if, if they play like they did yes. against Niagara, they will lose. They it's either a loss or it is a game that you do not want to be talking about going into Ohio State. Absolutely. So I, I, I do think that this is, with Ohio State imminent and, and on the horizon, you know, a week from tomorrow, a week from, yeah, as week from we record tomorrow. this, um, I think this is, it's a good setup. I think, you know, if you do what you need um, in, you know, these next couple of days of practice and, you know, bouncing back from this tough early season game and and i think if you solidly take care of business against kent state i think that gives you all the confidence in the world that you need going into bringing ohio state into the Cintas center um with all the energy all the noise it, you know declared a sellout just this past week like it is going to be a packed house it is going to be the first time you see Cintas center really come to life um in really nearly two years now so mm-hmm. It's also interesting to add that this Friday will be Kent State's first game. Yes. And that, you know, we love the mid-majors around here, but that is not a good sign for Kent State. Kent State's going to go in, you know, probably a little bit, you know, you know, first game jitters because, you know, they're going into a packed house. They have not seen a packed gym for most of those guys the past two years. You come in against the Xavier team that – you know, if the locker room is, you know, carried out the way it should be, that's going to be a pissed off Xavier team. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you're a player and you work hard all season, and for Nate and for Jack Nungy and Jerome and Ben Stanley to be coming off an injury and you work your butt off to play that first game and people aren't talking about the fact that you won, it's the fact that you almost lost, Right. that's going to be a huge statement game. Because right now, I mean, no matter how much you want to compare the game, you know, Ohio State had to win on a buzzer beater. They're playing an inferior team. Moral of the story is Niagara and Akron 
almost beat two really good teams. Both teams looking for a statement game, go leading into that game next Thursday. I think Ohio State will be ready for us because they, they are, according to the AP poll, the better team. Absolutely. So that makes this Kent State game really, really interesting. And it will be exciting to see how that game goes and the Ohio State game going forward. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a similar situation. They play Bowling Green next Monday, um, as well as they also play Niagara on Friday. So it'll be nice to see, you know, Ohio State. They got they've getting got an extra game on their legs. Mm-hmm. Um, they also again, have to play the same. And, team. And they have to play the same Niagara team that Xavier just played um, on Tuesday. So I, I think it'll be interesting. Um, Let's also to Xavier fans, if and when Ohio State plays a certain way against Niagara, that is not the time to jump to conclusions either. Right. If. If Ohio State goes in, and I think it should be this Friday or Saturday. It is this Friday. They go in and slap Niagara. Let's also add that that's a Niagara team that's on an Ohio road trip. Right. Who just played a really good game against Xavier. Exactly. So, please, when Ohio State plays like Ohio State this Friday. Exactly. Don't jump the gun. And similar to Xavier, that's going to be a pissed off Ohio State team. Right? Yeah. Like they're going to be coming in like, all right, we need to step up and prove that this is our home court and no Mm -hmm. no one messes with this. Um, you know, looking forward, I, I think they are, you know, they're probably going to give it to Niagara. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but then again, you know, they got to go play Monday against Bowling Green and Xavier doesn't. Xavier just rolls straight into next Thursday against Ohio State. And I really do think, like, this is the game that if Xavier wins at home, that puts them in the top 25. I really do believe. So, oh, 100%. So I think. Especially with, like, these top teams like Virginia. Um, and now that there's going to be some like head-to-head conference games or non-conference games that are going to be like shaken out, right? Uh, like even like to just go in and handle business, not even like a statement win. Like, right. it'd be the first time they've been ranked since I think they were ranked a little off and on in the beginning of last year yeah. after they beat Oklahoma. Um, like this is a really good opportunity for this team that needs energy we need momentum last year we were so inconsistent and in the off season you know you have these injuries and now Fremantle's out and there's all these things about like who we're playing and who we're not playing and all this stuff like this is the time and they have a great opportunity to go in play Ohio State at home I mean it's shaping up to be a good season for Xavier because they have the tools to determine their destiny. Last year they couldn't. COVID shutdowns. Nate Johnson's injury. I agree. Uh, I agree that they have their own, their, you know, they control their own destiny. And mm-hmm. I also think that Steele and the athletic department here at Xavier has done really well um, to schedule them a... Respectable. A, a very respectable non-con yeah. schedule that is going to gain them that respect come tournament time, come committee time. You're not playing a bunch of cream puffs from... You know, no offense to the swack, but you're not playing a bunch of cream puffs from the swack. You are playing Oklahoma State on the road. You're playing Ohio State at home. You're playing an NIT preseason yeah. tournament, which um, you could could quite possibly be um, a Memphis team. That no matter what we said about Memphis in the previous podcast, I mean, it's still Memphis. Absolutely, and there's yeah. still going to be a bunch of really talented. So, mm-hmm. and then right being, off that, you have to go in the Big East. Exactly. Yeah. So, point being that this is, I mean, then obviously, 
no matter how bad UC can create or have their basketball program, it's still a crosstown shootout and anything can happen. For sure. So while that might be a game that people don't think too much of, it's a rivalry game and anything can happen in games like that. Um, that's also why I love seeing all of these teams playing in-state, um, quote-unquote rivals, early in the season. See and Xavier play Kent State, see and Xavier play Ball State, and Bowling Green and teams that are in-state or right around the area. Mm-hmm. Kind of seeing them as like, you know, the big brother, little brother set up in that basketball sense um, is really cool to see. I do appreciate that and, and seeing, you know, Ohio State playing Akron, things like that. When you're playing those in-state teams that might give you a little run for your money, um, it's definitely cool to see early. So, yeah, and it's giving those smaller programs a chance to kind of go out there and prove themselves. So for sure. Um, but yeah, so again, overall, I think a, a good win. Um, I think a necessary slap in the face a little bit that it's not going to be you know as easy as some may have mm-hmm. may have thought. Um, but again, really yeah. all, you know, because I'd say like going into the game, um, even with Zach's injury. The attitude of fans and, like, the outlook uh, was Cintas is back. You know, everyone's, you know, packed in the gym. Um, We're finally going to be, like, really good again. We have, you know, Mr. Xavier back, Paul Scruggs. You know, we have all these transfers. Like, oh, yeah, here we go, here we go, here we go. We're unstoppable. Like, that that slap was – I think that was good. I agree. I think that, honestly – I mean, other than probably winning by 20 or 30 and get the crowd pumped up for the season, that's probably, like, the second-best thing that could happen. Just I, squeeze past with the win. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and I think, maybe not from the fan perspective, but I think for the player perspective, what happened last night was necessary. And I do think that um, moving forward, seeing what happens Friday is going to be huge because I think, if, I think Friday can be that statement game. I think Friday can be that come out and beat a good Kent State team by you know, double digits. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when it's like, okay, you know, we're back, we're here, and we're ready for Ohio State. So I think that'll be a, a really good way to kind of get the season going uh, for the Musketeers. So, all righty. Well, that, I think, will kind of wrap things up for us. Um, episode two of, you know, the Norwood Noise College Basketball Podcast. That'll be kind of the end of night one festivities. And, uh, We'll catch up with you here next week. I don't know if we decided we might wait until after Ohio State. Mm -hmm. We might go before. We haven't really decided. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, so we'll catch up with you next week and kind of recap some college hoops with you then. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we will catch up with you guys again soon here in the next week or so. All right. Peace out.